Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Night vision, Matthew chapter 2. There was something that during this last year, after reading the the Gospels hundreds of times, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit kind of nudged me and said, I want you to consider this, okay? And it's a perspective that we see in this account that, that maybe gives you a different view of where you are in your journey right now. May enable you to look at what you call a tough time from a different perspective. So let's read this first. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or sometimes we traditionally use the term wise men, uh, some would say these were kings, they were definitely very uh, influential and wealthy, probably some kind of ruler. Uh, and so these, these individuals came from the east to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who was born, who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his what? Star in the east and have come to worship him. So these magi, these wise men, these these, uh, rulers of these nations gathered together and took a journey. They wanted to find this baby, this child, this one born king of the Jews, and their direction was from a star. So let me ask you a question. Think of this. Uh, When do you see stars? At night. That's the the only time you can see a star. And I never really considered this, but it may well be their entire journey took place at night. They had to travel at night. They didn't travel in the day the way you normally would take a dangerous, long, arduous journey. These men were required or necessitated by the fact that their only direction was a star, that their entire journey from where they were until they found Jesus was at nighttime. There was, there, it was unique. It wasn't ordinary. It wasn't the typical way to travel. And so I want you to think about that as, as we get started. I want you to consider what they had to do to get to the place that they were searching. There, there was something, think of this, that compelled these men and their entourage to keep moving. There was something that drew them to take the risk to travel at night. There was something about what they were seeking that was so important to them that they were willing to do something they'd never done before. How many heard what I just said? There was something about their hunger to meet this Jesus that they were willing to do something they had never done before. They were willing to risk a journey that no one before them had taken. And yet they kept moving. Something compelled them. It was like a magnet to their soul. And they decided, this is unorthodox. We've not done this before. But the goal is worth the journey. How many heard what I just said? The goal is worth the journey. It's worth my search. And so we we have to understand that this particular group that came so far and traveled in such an unusual way, in an unusual way, were probably the most well-off of any of those who came to Jesus in those early days. They had wealth. They had influence. They had power. They had all the creature comforts. They had everything you want. 
They, they, their servant went out and bought the brand new iPhone every time a new one was released. They never had to stay in line. They had an Apple Watch. They had an iPhone. They had a tablet. They had everything. You understand what I'm saying? They had their personal chef. They had their own workout in their house. Their crib was, was, was nice. Okay, I'll stop. So they had everything. You know, everything. And yet, they traveled the farthest. They were the most hungry. They were the most willing to do what nobody else was willing to do. Why? There was something missing in their life. There was something that they knew it's worth taking the trip. It's worth risking the darkness. It's worth moving. So, so this, is, this is what I want you to see as we start this, this study on night vision. That there may be a, a journey you have to take to arrive at the goal you really need in your life. You may have to be willing to do something you've not done before. You may have to be willing to take a step of faith. We may have to remember that as believers, we walk by faith and not by sight. And so we have to understand that what initially looks like darkness may actually be the very place that you're supposed to be at this moment. But the need is to keep moving. How many heard what I said? Oftentimes, we are on our way to see something new about God. We're on our way for God to reveal himself. But along the way, we've got to walk in the night a little. And too many times, we stop there. We need some night vision. We need to be able to walk through the night and know that we're going someplace. Let's, let's look at John chapter 1. What, what, what was this light? This thing pulling them, this thing that's pulling on you and pulling on me. And I want you to understand what's going on in your life right now. Let's, let's look at this. In John chapter 1, I, I love this passage. Let's, let's read a few verses here. I want you to see this. John 1, uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Uh, I, I love the, 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 the terminology, the descriptions of Jesus uh, in, in this chapter. So, so, so look at this. In the beginning was the what? Do you notice that's capitalized? So that's a title. We're not talking now just about the Bible. We're talking about Jesus here. This is one of the titles of Jesus. Make sure you understand this. All right? So watch this. In the beginning was the Word. So in the beginning was the Word. All right? And the Word, Jesus, this title for Jesus, the Word was where? The Word was with God. How do I know this is a title of Jesus? Because the next phrase, and the Word was God. Okay. So look at this. That's so critical. I want you to get this. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now let's watch this. He was with God in the beginning. Verse three, through him, through Jesus, through the word made flesh, through the representation of God's will and pleasure and design through him, all things were made. So he was the creative agent of the Godhead. Through him, all things were made. Let's keep reading. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. He's the supreme. Aren't you thankful? You know who this Jesus is, all right? Now, verse 4, watch this. What's this light that's star? What's this light when you're walking through the darkness that you keep going? What is this thing that, that, that you and I, when we're searching to try to make life work, make, make sense, make meaning. What, what is this light, this star that, that we're willing to walk through some dark times to get there? Well, let's, let, let's, let's look at this. It says, verse 4, in him, in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. 
I want to comment on this a moment, but what you need to understand is the light, the hope, this thing that we search for is a life that only Jesus can give. In him was life, and that life became light. That's what everyone walking in the dark is looking for. It's the hope that everybody has that, that, that something's better than where I am, and that light is life, the life that Jesus gives. Okay, let's, let's keep reading. Verse 5, I love this. Come on, you need to see this. The light shines where? In the darkness. You know, sometimes you got to walk through the dark to really see the light. Sometimes you have to get in a dark place before you really see how great the light is. The key is don't stop. Someone say don't stop. So the light shines in the darkness. Are you ready? No matter how tough your moment is right now, no matter how dark it may have become, no matter how long the night may have seemed, I have good news for you. This is what we read. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's nothing that the enemy can do to overcome the power of God stepping into your life. How many are thankful for that? Now, he, he, we, we, we see this is introducing Jesus. So here's a, we're looking at John the Baptist, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, this light that, that these men journeyed for, so that through him all might believe. Verse 8, he himself, John the Baptist, was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Look at verse 10. Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So he created this place, and yet when he came... Because of the darkness of their hearts, they didn't recognize him. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. He came to that which was his own, to the Jews, to the leaders. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him. How many of you have received him? Okay. To all who received him, look at this. To those who believed in his name, he, be, he gave the right to become children of God. You have been given the right to be a child of God. You've been authorized to carry the name of Jesus as a believer. You have a right. You have authority. You have access. You belong to the house of God. Can somebody say amen to that? You are a child of God. God gave you that right, that privilege to all who received him. Verse 13, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but this life that we get is what? We're born of God. Now, the last verse I want to read. The word, Jesus, the word, the living word became flesh. That's the virgin birth. And what? Made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full. What did he come full of? Grace and truth. Hallelujah. How many are thankful that somewhere on your journey you saw Jesus? You got this light. Something pulled on you till you got there. I want you to think about this with me as we begin this. The, the, he says the light is life. Life. This God kind of light. The Greek word there is zoe. It means life as God gives it. How many are thankful that we have life as God gives it? Not the old life. We have a new life. How many are thankful for that today? That, that we saw this light in the middle of our darkness. We had some hope when everything else had failed us. 
And we came to Jesus, and Jesus gave us new life. There's life in us. I want you guys to know that you're not just going to church. You're living a life. Somebody say amen to that. You're not just in a religion. You're in a relationship. You're not just going through a ritual. You have a life. You're alive. You have a God life. You've got a born again life. You know what that life is like? You finally get to be the person you were created to be. Do you finally get to be the person that God designed in your mother's womb? Do you know why the pieces have never fit together? In fact, let me tell you this. I, I want to, as I start this today, I want to make sure I'm not leaving anyone out. There may be somebody here today, you're a churchgoer, but you're not born again. There may be somebody listening to me online where you, think you, you agree with me mentally there is a God, but you've never given your life to him. There may be somebody listening to me today. I don't want to leave you out on this journey. How many can say amen to that? I want you to remember. I want you to know. I want you to understand what this is like. I want you to make sure we get this thing about night vision. See, you get to be the person you were born to be. That's why until you come to Christ, it never quite fits. It's why everything seems to be okay in the beginning, but it loses pretty fast. That's why the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. The Bible will always tell you the truth. The Bible didn't say you're never going to think you're okay out there. The Bible didn't say this life apart from Jesus will always look bad. There's sometimes you think you're doing exactly what you want to do before you meet Jesus. I remember leaving home, a godly home. I was a prodigal son, and I didn't want to serve the God of my fathers. I didn't want to live the life my parents lived. And I said, when I get out of this house, I'm going to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, where I want to do it. And you know what? I did every bit of that. And can I tell you, within a year, I was the most miserable person that I'd ever known in my life. I was doing everything I wanted to do. I did everything I wanted. I called all my shots. But you know what had happened to me? I thank God. I had been already, if you want to use a part, uh, current term, I had been vaccinated with the word of God growing up in that house. I had, been, I had been claimed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the longer I tried to live my life without Jesus, the longer I walked around in the darkness, the more empty I became, the more bitter I became, the more doubting I became, the more unhappy I became. And finally I said, why am I walking around in the darkness when I know there's a light over there? And when I finally stepped into the light and began to live a life, I, you know, can I tell you, for the first time in my life, I finally really did what I wanted to do, live like I wanted to live. Because now I had freedom, now I had understanding, now I had peace, now I had grace. I want you to know there is a God kind of life that nothing in this world can be like. That's not even close. I finally began to be the person God created me to be. I remember I'd made my career choice and what I was going to do and had my, my plan settled. And it finally dawned on one day, one day as a new believer, somebody asked me the question, have you, ever, have, have you ever asked God what he wanted to do with your life? And I said, that's a good question. I don't think I have, but I'm willing to do that now. And so I began to say, God, why did you put me on this earth? Why did you let me live this long? Why did you give me this opportunity? Why did you do that? And guess what happened? God began to tell me what he put me on this earth to do. And my life switched and I took a different direction. And probably for some people, they thought George Sawyer's walking in the darkness. 
Oh, I was walking to the light where I was going. It was a beginning to happen. That's what I want you to see. There is a God kind of life. There is a born again life. Somebody say born again. I know you're all that, but you need to get born again. Come on, can, can I be honest with you? I know, I know you and your friends think you got it going on. You need to be born again. I'm going to tell you. I know that, that seeing our world, and, I, and, and you've, you've heard me say this, but I, I need to say it here. There, there may be a lot of hang-ups, baggage, drama, trauma, stuff that you were born in the midst the first time. And you may have a lot of things you think you are and a lot of confusion in your life and a lot of things you're trying to understand who you are. But, you, you, you know, you're, you're struggling with how you're born. But here's my advice to you. You need to be born again. And God will begin to set those things right and put them in order. And you begin to know this is why he put me on this earth. Because he said there's life when we begin to do that. You, you have the God is living in me life. Come on, how many are thankful for that? God's living in me life. You have the God's walking with me life. You have freedom in your life. You have healing in your life. You have deliverance in your life. Listen, you don't have to live the rest of your life bound to an addiction. You don't have to live the rest of your life and just find your comfort from finding other people who have the same problem you do and you all sit around and talk to one another about your problem. I, God will bring you out of your problem. God will deliver you from the addiction. God will release you. Anybody understand what I'm talking about today? I'm out on thin ice already today, so I'm going to skate out a little farther and see what happens. See, this born-again life is, is the real thing. It's what Jesus promises, what the Word teaches. And it doesn't mean you have to settle for a poor counterfeit. It means you get the real life. How many hear what I'm talking about? See, I don't need some Jesus and some pills to get me through the night. If you get enough Jesus, you're going to make it through the night. Come on, listen to me. I don't have to have some Jesus and some alcohol to get me through the rest of the day. Come on, stay with me. Don't back up on me right now. Just because you drink some bud doesn't mean you're getting wiser. What you need to understand is I don't need a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I got a born again life. Come on, anybody got a born again life? I've got a life that says I've got peace that passes understanding. I don't need to crawl in a bottle. I don't need to take a snort. I don't need to take a drag. I don't need to shoot it up. I've got a God who created everything that exists in the world. And he lives inside of me right now. And if I need peace, he's got peace. If I need help, I've got help. If I need counsel, I've got a God who speaks to me, who gives me peace and hope and strength and grace. I don't have to have a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of what I came out of. I don't need a counterfeit. I don't need a substitute. I don't need religion. I have a real living Savior. Anybody thankful you found some light? And God walked in this thing. See, we just, we don't have to do that. Listen, you don't have to cheat on your wife anymore because you've got a relationship with Jesus that'll fill in all the gaps where you don't need another woman. You don't need another man. You don't need a side chick. You don't need this thing going over here. You know why? Because you already have everything you ever dreamed for. You already have everything a relationship could give you. And you're not looking at people to use them. You're now trying to serve the people in your life because you've got every need met. I know some of you are looking at me like I fell off the moon right now, but I don't apologize. This is this life. This is what causes people to keep walking in the darkness until they get to their goal. This is why you're willing to walk through it. This is why you're willing to stay on board because you know 
that he is worth the journey. Anybody found that to be true today? See, this kind of life works even in the bad times, not just the good times. Anybody found that to be true? See, the darkness couldn't overcome this light that God has made for us. So for everybody that's sincere, for everyone that's hungry, for everyone that's searching, for anyone that was ever desperate, uh, you had to walk through some dark times to get there, but it was worth the journey. Can anybody say amen to that? Anybody walk through some hard times before you finally found Jesus? Anybody ever walk through some dark nights before you finally got home? Anybody here? Anybody ever went down some dead-end streets? Why did you keep making those bad decisions? Because you're walking in the dark. (laughs) Why do we keep doing what we did? Isn't it crazy? We keep doing the same thing thinking we're going to get some return off of it. You know the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and believing you're going to get a different result. It's what we were. We were in darkness. We couldn't see where we were going. We're shuffling around. But God turned the light on. And it was worth walking through the darkness. Anybody with me? What does Psalm 30 and verse 5 say? Come on, this is what you got to see. This is why we need some night vision. Psalm 30 and verse 5. What does it say? His anger lasts a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Come on, see. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Leave that verse up there. That word stay, well, you know, we, some, weeping may stay for the night. That word stay is literally the word used in the Hebrew language for when someone would come into, uh, it wasn't called a motel or a hotel then, but someone would come to stay for the night. Someone would come for a short visit. In other words, listen, weeping may have checked in your hotel for the night, (laughs) but they got to move over because joy's got a reservation coming in the morning. And so see, there may be some weeping. I've had some weeping. Anybody ever had some weeping at night? Anybody ever walked through the dark and it was hard to see because of tears and weeping? And some, but I've got some good news for us. The darkness has not overcome the light. The darkness is not going to stay. Keep walking. Say, keep walking. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. And so that's why we have night vision. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. See, in the dark night, in the night, Satan loves to whisper. And sometimes he shouts, you know, it's too late for you. It's too dark for you. You've waited too long. You're too far away. Things are too dark. You're hopeless. You're too lonely. It's it's never going to happen. But you kept on going and you got here. Why? Because you believed that God was who he says he was. You believe that if I just keep going, I may be weeping now, but joy is coming. I feel really strongly there's some people listening to me that you've been shedding some tears and you've been in the dark for a while, but I want to encourage you today, if you'll hold on this thing, if you'll keep on walking, come on, one step, one more step, one more step, one more step, I'm going to tell you joy is coming to you. Joy is coming. It may feel like the devil took over, but I'm going to tell you something. Joy has a reservation at your house. And he's going to come in and evict the stuff that's been on you, overthrow the devil that's been harassing you, bring an answer to that place. I see your prodigal children coming home. I see your marriage being healed. I see your health being restored. I see a better job than the one you lost. I see joy coming back. Anybody hear me? I see your first love coming back. I see restoration coming in your life. The devil is hoping you quit in the darkness. Because the Bible says in due season, if you don't faint, you will reap a harvest. And so we just keep walking. We have night vision. 
I don't have to see anything in the dark. I see a light over there. I'm going. I'm going to make it to this thing. God is with you in this moment right now. You have to understand that his faithfulness and his goodness is with you. Let, let, let me show you a scenario that you need to see. Let's go to Genesis 32 and verse 22. Genesis 32 verse 22. This patterns throughout scripture that uh, sometimes you need a little night vision. Somebody say night vision. Yeah, we're able to see what other people don't see. <laughs> we're able to believe in the dark because life and light is there for us. Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, was a man that had achieved everything in his life by deceit and trickery and I guess you would just say uh, lies. He was a dishonest man. He was a deceiving man. He was a man because of that, listen to me, that lived in the darkness. He was always running. He's always hiding. Do you know somebody that's always running and hiding is because they live in the darkness? Somebody that's always afraid. Somebody that has no peace. Somebody that never can be stable. Why? They're scared. They're frightened. They're always running and living in the dark. Jacob was a man with great promise. Jacob was a man with prophetic promises over his life. But Jacob was a man who kept choosing to do it his way. Who kept choosing to tell God, I got this who kept choosing to live in the dark when he could be living in the light. And so we're going to pick up an account here, and this happened at night. Someone say night. This happened at night. So uh, Jacob has finally run the string out. <laughs> he, he, he had deceived his brother Esau, stolen his birthright and his blessing, and his brother Esau said, the next time I see you, I'll kill you. So Jacob flees to another country. There, uh, he met a man that was as big a tricker as he was. Have you ever noticed how thieves find thieves? <laughs> Have you ever known how familiar spirits get together? <laughs> it used to trouble me, uh, pastoring. You know, you'd have a godly church and Everything going well. Phyllis, you just got to pray for me. I, she's probably praying right now, but some stuff I've said today. But, uh, you know, you have this great church, godly people, everybody serving the Lord and loving each, Jesus, love each other. There'd be one, one unfaithful man, one unfaithful woman, somehow they'd find each other in the middle of a thousand people. I'd say, dear God, how did that happen? It's called familiar spirits. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I don't have one of those. So I can't tell you how. I just tell you that it does. And I'd say, good Lord, how in the world did that happen? Somebody come up, did you know that? I said, no, I didn't know that. You know, I'm like dad. I'm the last to know. You don't understand what I'm saying. You know, I know you tell mom and you tell your brother and your sister, you don't tell dad. Dad's always the last to know. So pastors the same way. People would come to me and say, pastor, did you hear about so-and-so? I said, no, they didn't come tell me that. You know, most people don't come tell me those things. How many understand what I'm talking about? So, so uh, anyway. That scenario, how do those people find themselves? Isn't it interesting? The Bible says something, maybe this is the explanation, that you reap what you sow. So here's Jacob. He's tricked and deceived and done everything, and he goes and marries a woman, and her father's as bad as he is. Maybe the reason you don't like your mother-in-law because, well, anyway, uh, could be your, could be, you may be reaping what you've been sowing. <laughs> 
maybe you'd be a better guy. You get a better mother-in-law. I'm just suggesting. So, so we're back over here. Let's get back to this. So, so Jacob has run the string out. He deceived his brother Esau. He goes over here to another land, and now he's, his father-in-law is after him. And he's taken all that he has, and he's going back home. His father-in-law is chasing him here. His brother Esau is waiting on him here. And Jacob's running the string out. His name means deceiver. And so now Jacob, listen to me, is about to meet his past. Jacob is about to be confronted with all the choices that he's made in place of serving God. And here we find him. Are you with me? So we go to verse 22. That night, someone say night. Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford, the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. Look at verse 24. It's important. This is going to happen in the night sometimes. And you're either going to embrace it or repeat it. So Jacob was left alone. Do you know the thing people who live in the dark fear the most is being left alone? (laughs) A person who lives in the dark will do anything not to be left alone. So Jacob finally put his family that he had won by deceit. They're over. All his possessions he had won by deceit. They're over. And now Jacob, for the first time in his life, he's alone. And it's nighttime. Now, when you're alone in the night, and you're not serving God, it's really dark. It's really dark. But I want you to see something. In the place that Jacob had feared all of his life, are you listening to me? In a place that Jacob had done everything to avoid, God was going to do something in his life. How many are thankful for the goodness of God, the mercy of God? So watch this. And this doesn't happen until first you're finally alone. When you finally get your hands off how you do it. When you finally let go of your way. Watch what happens. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak all night long. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the sock socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. Watch this. Something had become desperate about Jacob in the middle of the night. Okay? (laughs) Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, you're going to begin to see here very quickly this wasn't just an ordinary man. So Jacob says, uh, maybe some of us need to say that. He said, I've wrestled all night. I'm not going to let go right now. Listen to me. Some of you have been through too much not to go ahead and finish this journey you're on right now. Some of you have wrestled all night and it's too soon to let go and give up right now. Some of you, the devil has beat the brakes off of you long enough. You need to say, I'm not going to live another day like that. Some of us have lived with the consequence of our decisions long enough that you need to say, I've walked through enough darkness. I'm going to grab some light today. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to grab some light today. Somewhere in this process, Jacob realized this is not just an ordinary man. Somewhere in the process, Jacob realized he could have wrenched my hip socket anytime he wanted to. But this wrestling had a purpose in it. This wrestling had a meaning for it. 
This thing I'm walking through right now could have stopped sooner. The one I'm wrestling with could have could have done this to me at any moment but I needed the wrestling because in the wrestling is anybody listening to me I finally came to the end of myself I finally chose to say I don't need anything else I can do I'm giving God everything that I have I'm letting go of all that I've done and the only way I'm going to get to morning time is this man's got to bless me right now I'm tired of trying to do it myself. Is anybody with me? Sometimes you've got to be in a place that's dark enough and wrestling enough till you come to the end of yourself and say, I'm not going to do it, but God can get me through this. So he said, I'm not letting go till you what? Till you bless me. (laughs) Till you bless me. You're going to have to bless me. And then this man said, watch this. Watch this. He said, what's your name? As if he didn't know. He said, what's your identity? How? I, I, I don't want to even go there because it can. Let me just get off that. I don't want to confuse you with something else. What's your identity? Who are you, sir? Tell me who you are. How did you get here? What did Jacob say? Jacob was honest. He said, my name is Jacob. My name is deceiver. My name is conniver. My name is liar. Anybody listening to me right now? There comes a place where you're going to have to own your stuff. You're going to have to own your stuff. You're going to have to stop saying, well, my name is Jacob, but somebody else put me here. My name is Jacob, but I'm here because of what they did. My name is Jacob, but it's not my fault. Somewhere when you get alone before God and you're saying, God, I need a blessing, you're going to have to admit that I am who I made myself to be. I am the man of the choices that I've made. I am the sum total of the journey I've taken. Anybody willing to get there? So he said, that's just who I am. I admit it. I'm a Jacob. That's who I am. And then the man said, are you ready? See this sequence. It doesn't happen out of this order. Then, someone say then. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. Come on. Your name will no longer be a deceiver. Your name will no longer be a liar. Your identity is about to change because you're in the presence of God and I'm going to rename you in this moment I'm going to relabel you in this moment I'm going to re-identify you in this moment your name is now Israel you are a prince among men you are a leader of leaders you are a man of God you are someone that God created you to be this God life allows you to finally be what was prophesied over you in your mother's womb and you stop living by false titles and broken identity and you begin to live this life where you are who God created you to be. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. It's a sequence. When I come to the end of myself, when I'm finally alone with God, when I finally admit who I am because of what I've done, God says, now I'm going to change your life. Now I'm going to rewrite everything. I'm going, to, I'm going to change who you are. He says, you are Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and you overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. He replied, why do you need to know my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Do you know no man can out-wrestle God? 
Do you understand that that wrestling match was not, if I'm stronger than God, I win because that's still me running the show. Do you know that Jacob was really wrestling with Jacob in that moment? Jacob was wrestling with everything he had built his life on. And when he finally reached a place before God, when he finally realized his weakness, when he finally said, I've been living in the dark too long, then life came to him in that moment. I want you to understand something today that we're, we're, we're so close. We're, 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 we know the word. We know the will of God. We know the plan of God. And God is willing to walk into the darkest places with us and bring us to the other side. But we have to let go of these things to allow God to make us who he wanted us to be. And I want to say to us today, in fact, I want the worship team to come. I'm super, super early right now because we need to pray about several things before you go today, okay? So just cool your jets. You ladies, you know, there used to be a day in church... <laughs> When everybody dressed up. Anybody ever went to church when you dressed up? Remember that? Put on a dress and a hat. Men had a suit and tie. When you're a preacher in that atmosphere, you could always tell, you know, when, when, when service was about to be over, those ladies would slip their high heels back on. You know, they'd been, had them off under the pew, you know, because their feet were hurting. But when church was almost over, they'd slip their high heels back on. You could tell. You know, and, and get that hat. Right. So I don't know what to look for anymore. I mean, you know, nobody got high heels and dresses and shirts and coats and ties. But anyway, we're not, I don't want you, you know, getting ready yet. We need to pray. I want you to listen to me. It's so important that you understand that some of the moments you've wrestled with in your life may actually be this avenue to get you where you need to be. That right now where you are, you may think it's the darkest moment of your life. But it could be the hallway that's going to get you to the best moment of your life. And the important thing is don't give up on the journey. The important thing is to hold on, wrestle, hold on until that blessing comes on your life. I really believe, starting today, that there are some really good people listening to me right now that love Jesus but there's something, there's something that's still hanging around that you need to let go of today. There's something that is going to restrict you from God's best. I'm just going to ask you to let go of it today. Find the courage to do that. For some of us today, it was just a reminder, don't give up. Don't give up. But I want to go back. Jacob wasn't really able to out-wrestle God. What Jacob had come to the end of was himself. <clears throat> so that he could finally say, God, you know who I am. And God says, yeah, I know who you are. I've been waiting for this moment to make you who I designed you to be. So I want to ask you today, would you trust him with everything you've got? With everything you have? With all of our identities? With all the things we hide behind, with all the walls we put up because we've been hurt and disappointed, many of us are only who we are as a result of pain. Your, your attitude is a result of trauma. But God wants to give you an attitude that's a result of blessing. God wants to give you relationships in your home that are a result of blessing, not insecurity. Is anybody with me right now? I'm convinced that 
over the years and working with these ladies in our recovery ministry, I've seen God deliver them. Do you know the most of those ladies, do you know how they got into addiction? Because of trauma in their home, their relationships. And the ladies tell me, Pastor, you finally just want to hide. You just want to hide. You're tired of the pain. You just want to hide for just a few more minutes. Well, what would have happened to us if that pain that's been on us, that abuse, that neglect, if that was taken away by the hand of God? And what if in these kind of moments where we could, we could stop trying to defend it, hide from it, run from it, explain it, and we just finally said, I'm going to send it on over ahead of me, and I'm going to get along with God right now. What if that person that hurt you, you could finally forgive them and just let go of it and let a blessing come on your life? Just walk through the darkness another moment until that blessing comes on your life. I want you to stand with me today. I want us all to stand together. And I want us to get, we're, we're going to have a moment here, an altar, an altar, an altar. I'm going to ask you to come to that place where you say to yourself, have I given my life to Jesus? Or am I just, have I added church to my calendar? How many are with me? Do I serve him or do I use him? Is he my Lord or is he my servant? Is, does he have my life or do I just run to him when things get bad? Am I Jacob or am I Israel? Am I who I was or am I becoming the one he created me to be? Ladies, gentlemen, his plan for you is greater than you can imagine. Those wise men looked at everything they had and said, I'm going to leave it. And I'm going to travel at night because there's a light over there. And to me, it's worth everything I have to risk. The greatest step of faith you ever take is when you look at your life and say, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm going to trust him. Here's everything I've got. Here's everything I have. You put it there. Maybe you've done that and maybe you need to re-up today. Are you with me? I don't want to leave anybody out on this journey because we're about to look at some things these next few weeks that are going to encourage you and strengthen you and bless you. But I don't want you to be looking from the outside in. I don't want you to try to do yourself what only God can do. So is that fair enough? I want us to come to this place right here where we just say, God, it's just you and me. It's just you and me. And I'm tired of trying to make it work. I'm tired of all these things I do. I just want you to bless me. I just need you to bless me. I want to be the man you made me. I want to be the woman you made me. Ladies, ladies, you're a, you, you, you are a treasure, ladies. Do you hear me? You're a treasure, ladies. You're beautiful. You're, you're, you're smart. You're strong. You're creative. You're a gift. You're a gift. And, and, and no man deserves you that doesn't know who you really are. But do you know until you find out who you are, how would you know if anybody else knows who you are? You're blessed. You're blessed. I don't know what your family said you were, but I'm going to tell you who God says you are. God says you're blessed. God says you're special. God says you're amazing. God says you're so unique that only a man of God could begin to comprehend who you are. Sir. Young man, don't struggle anymore to find your identity. 
Don't try to go find some group, some person that'll give you a counterfeit. Young man, you're not a Jacob, you're an Israel. You were created uniquely by God. You say, well, nobody else is like me. I don't doubt that. (laughs) Quit trying to be someone else. The best you'll ever be is a good counterfeit. Be you. I speak Israel over you today. I prophesy Esther over you ladies today. I speak life over you today. I, I bind the whisper of Satan. I bind the weeping that's been your life because I'm telling you joy is designed for you. You're coming into a joy season. But you may have to wrestle a little bit at night to get there. Will you hold on to God? You know what I found out? I, I, it, where, I, I'm trying to find somebody. Pat, Phyllis, you come here. I can't hug anybody else but you. I was looking for my daughter. She's not up here. Come on up here. <laughs> Listen to this. If I'm holding on to all my stuff, I don't have anything to wrestle God with. You say, well, God's never wrestled with me because you never let go of your stuff. You got to let go of some stuff. I love this woman more than anything in my life except my God. And I can't hold him if I'm holding this world. You've got some stuff in your arms you need to let go of. Will you let go of it? I love you. You know, and, and, and hold. Uh, you just Will you get in the wrestling match right now? <laughs> Will you, will you let go of earth and grab hold of heaven and say, God, I'm not going to let go till you bless me today. I'm not going to walk out as Jacob. I'm walking out as Israel today. I'm walking out as Esther today. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.